Hello and welcome to the Chuck P TV podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Privetera. Welcome to this edition, this special edition of a post-election conversation about the markets and about market volatility and economic outlook. Today I have uh, as a guest, Sean Patton, co-founder of Westminster Consulting. Sean has been in the fiduciary management and uh, retirement plan governance business for most of his career, was a founding partner of Westminster Consulting in 2003. And and he's going to share with us today some thoughts that have some individual and even institutional investors a little jittery. So so this is episode four from season two of our podcast. And and we thought we'd like to bring our listeners just some, hopefully some comfort. So Sean, welcome. Good morning, Chuck. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So I get a lot of uh, conversations or questions around, uh, well, let's first talk about this. Let's, so uh, I do, a lot of people say to me, you know, I, I'd like to vote one way or another, and, but my biggest concern is the economy. Um, so why don't you share with us your thoughts on, on, yeah. on how much of a difference a Democratic or Republican administration makes when it comes to the economy? Yeah, Chuck, I, I would say typically it doesn't make a whole lot of uh, a difference. Uh, I think one of the things that that President-elect Biden um, and Vice President-elect Harris will face is most likely uh, a divided federal government, which tends to uh, put checks and balances in place, you know, when it comes to trying to get things through on their agenda. Uh, I think it is um, probably for the first time in our generation uh, an incredibly important um, runoff in Georgia that really could um, push this one way or another, depending on whether or not the Senate is able to keep uh, those seats Republican. So that is worth everybody keeping an eye on. But I think the market is expecting that it will stay the way it is, that we'll have a Democratic president and House, and then uh, most likely a a Republican Senate, again, which allows for probably a more moderate um, passage of, of bills, you know, throughout the next four years. And so just to be clear there, and I was reading something about that this morning, this is, that's good news for the economy, right? When things are not all one party, Absolutely. it seems to fa- favor stability. Um, and so, so, so that's, so that's something that, that we, we can look forward to hopefully. And so, so to that end is, and we don't have to get specific, but there is some data out there about how either the economy or the stock market or both have done under under previous administrations, whether they're red or blue or Republican or Democrat. Do you have any anecdotal stuff for us there? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, let's just consider the last decade, um, you know, and, and part of that was coming out of, of the financial crisis. I mean, we had a, a Democratic president, we had a Republican president. And, you know, the market really just did its thing uh, no matter what. And, and the markets had a fabulous last decade. Uh, the economy is going to be mixed. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it goes. The economy moves in cycles. Um, but, but I do think that you could see uh, a shift uh, in some leadership in the market, whether it be equities or fixed income. Um, I think there's going to be uh, some changes that happen. And we're seeing that right now. Uh, you know, we've seen a huge rotation uh, over the last week from growth uh, stocks, which have led us for almost a decade into some of the, you know, beaten down value names that have really lagged. And so we'll see if that uh, if that holds true 
uh, as we move into 2021. But that is something that bears watching. Does value um, start to become the place to invest and, and maybe growth becomes a laggard uh, because it's been a decade of, of growth stocks kind of running the running the markets. Sure. And, and as far as that, this conversation should be for most of our our clients at the institutional level and then any individual investors that are listening, I mean, most likely they're already, their portfolio already comprises some Both. growth, some yes. value. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's so right. This is, and, and we we're never recommending that uh, based on this information, everybody should fly to value all of a sudden. No, right? I mean, if Chuck, if you think about our typical 401k or 403b client, um, they have value and growth in their lineup for, for their employees. Um, so, you know, while we talk about it every quarter, you know, it's, it's important to note that, that there's typically value and growth in most lineups. And then, you know, if you're a value investor and, and you're invested in the S and P 500, you are getting doses of, of both of those types of, of equities, uh, albeit, you know, the S and P has become more growth leaning, uh, over the last, you know, probably four or five years, just because of the huge run up. Uh, in some of the growth stocks that make up the S&P. So you're right. I mean, you know, don't get too concerned with growth versus value. Leave that to the pundits. Just focus more on long-term investing, proper asset allocation. And if you do that, you know, you're going to be right 96% of the time. Right, right, right. Which which brings me to uh, one of the reasons I wanted to record specifically this conversation on our podcast. I do know because I hear it anecdotally. I see it on social media. Um, individuals out there who may either be talking about their 401k plan or personal assets saying things like I'm moving to cash until the dust settles or I'm until this election business is cleared up or until I'm convinced that Biden is the winner or whatever. Uh, what, what are the, what do you say to that? I mean, what are some of the perils of, yeah. of making uh, knee jerk decisions like that? Yeah. I, I Chuck, I think, I think about a conversation you and I had with, a plan sponsor back in April, where one of those individuals said, I just went to cash. Um, she basically liquidated her 401k. And I would be surprised if she ever got back in. So <clears throat> that being said, the markets had this massive run from from the travails of March and April when when COVID really hit. Uh, and to try and time the market is basically impossible. So I would say, for most people, it makes sense to stay fully invested to be mindful of that asset allocation. That being said, you know, if you are 60 plus in age and retirement may be around the corner and because of the last decade, you are more heavily weighted in equities than you should be, you know, maybe time, uh, maybe now is a time uh, to, to get to cash and kind of reset your asset allocation and, and get maybe to January or February and say, okay, you know, we have a new president or we don't. Uh, here's what Congress looks like. And, and so maybe I need to revisit my asset allocation, not because of the president or, or because of Congress, but just because it got out of whack and because the next month or two could be a bit more volatile. So, um, you know, I've talked to some friends and, and said, hey, if you feel like, you know, you have more risk than you should right now, maybe it is a good time to go to cash, not because we're trying to time the market, but as a way to kind of reset the way you think about your asset allocation for the next five or 10 years. 
And and that's that's really the key, right? It may be time to do that anyway. That's right. right? And it, it and so so that's so whatever whatever the milestones are, whatever goals you've set for yourself, timing of the election, yeah, that's here. And and maybe there's a little bit that that pushes you to revisit your asset allocation. But at the end of the day, um, we've seen and done study after study that show that timing the market is is generally um, a, a not a not a good situation for individual investors. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. I mean, you may, yeah. you may get lucky, but it but it doesn't work. And I again, I go back to this idea that you know we've had such an amazing last decade in the stock market that for a lot of individuals and quite honestly for a lot of institutions, uh, unless you have been frequently rebalancing, your asset allocation has gotten out of whack. So you know, using this time period as a chance to revisit that is really, really important. I know our institutional clients um, have been able to de-risk um, uh, here in, in the last six months, um, again, because equities have gotten out of, out of uh, allocation. And so you know, we, we take money off the table and go you know, more heavily into fixed income, again, based on kind of a, a glide path that we've set for them. Individuals are no different. It's the same idea. Let's revisit our asset allocation to make sure it aligns with our goals. And that and that's um, that brings me to uh, uh, that's a great segue into the next part of the conversation. Is what is what is the responsibility of of the fiduciary committee? What's our responsibility mm-hmm. as their consultants when it comes to an event like an election? I mean, you know, we know that it's not a good idea to make predictions or make or react, but we do have to have this conversation at the committee level and fiduciaries do need to be aware that these are events that could dramatically impact or could impact the market. So, so how does that yeah, go? Sean? Yeah. So, you know, we want our, uh, our institutional fiduciaries to think and act like prudent experts. And, and that's one of the reasons why we're there. So I would say at a high level, we are bringing to them some ideas to think about you know, both in the short term and, and maybe over the next four years. And, and a couple of things that we've talked about with them has been, first of all, there's probably going to be some type of stimulus package. Um, you know, Corona and COVID is not going away anytime soon, even though we may have a, a vaccine that looks very, very promising. And so um, what is what is a, a trillion dollar stimulus package mean? Um, how should we think about our, our asset allocation and how we're invested underneath that, that asset allocation. Um, do we get some type of um, gridlock in Congress around some very important items? Or, or do we have a more moderate kind of um, Washington, D.C., where some things that, that they all agree on get done, like an infrastructure spend? And, and so, you know, we, we may tweak um, fixed income you know, just based on uh, stimulus and, and a potential rise in interest rates from that stimulus. Um, you know, we may have a small tactical weight to uh, the impact of, a, of an infrastructure bill. But but at the end of the day, it's it's really it really goes back to um, I hate to repeat myself. Is our asset allocation appropriate based on our needs? And, and again, some small tactical changes underneath may happen. But but when I say tactical, I'm talking, you know, no more than five percent um, of any one area that we that we may gravitate towards because of what we think may happen in Washington. And and you said that you hate to repeat yourself, but I think it, it bears repeating because that really is what it comes back to. Right. It comes back to making sure 
that you have an appropriate asset allocation because none of us can predict really, especially as individual investors in 401k plans or whatnot, what is going to happen. And, we, and, and the asset allocation will help us to hedge against the positive things that may come out of that or the negative things. Yeah, that's things right. That, 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 that asset allocation uh, comes out of planning, right? And, and if we're doing our planning correctly, um, that asset allocation is kind of our roadmap for how we're trying to get to that next place. You know, whether I'm an individual investor targeting retirement or whether I'm a defined benefit plan targeting termination of my DB plan, um, you know, that asset allocation serves as, as the kind of that, that guide path to get us to where we want to go in a kind of a non-emotional way. So, um, you know, that's why we have it out in front of our institutional clients. Every quarter we re revisit it. Um, and it's just a reminder that in, in our report, hey, here's what our asset allocation is. And here's how we're doing. Um, in alignment with our investment policy statement targets. So, um, you know, asset allocation is, is critical at the end of the day. And so, I mean, while nothing is ever bulletproof and there's nothing ever guaranteed that one of the best defenses against um, unknowns or, or wild swings is, is the appropriate asset that's allocation. That's that. exactly right, Chuck. And I think that is is a great place for us to to wrap up, Sean. I really I think this is you know important for our listeners to hear and um, take some comfort in the fact that if you've done a little planning, uh, doesn't really matter which way things end up for as far as what Washington D.C. looks like. We uh, we know what uh, we know that uh, a lot of the market's going to be based on how the corporations in America are doing at the end of the day, and and that doesn't change wildly from one administration to the next. So uh, we appreciate your expertise for sure, Sean, and I uh, look forward to having you back on the show to maybe talk about what, uh, what, what, what things will look like after the inauguration. Chuck, appreciate the time. Everybody stay healthy and, and have a great holiday season. Thanks, Thanks Sean. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.